Welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl and Philip is not joining us for this episode. He's on special assignment with his nine to five. So I'm joined instead by the incredible Flinkman. Hey everybody, I'm so excited to be here. I love talking X Factor investigations. It's easily one of my favorite X books of all time. So anytime you need me, I, I'm here. Yeah, Flink, you were so great when I reached out to you this week and I was like, shit's going down. Philip's working really long hours. He's not able to record. And um, unfortunately, you've been stuck at home because of the Rona. Um, So I'm glad that we could get together and just chat comics and everything. We're recording this on Friday of San Diego Comic-Con week. And the Marvel Legends panel just wrapped up. And I know you and I were following everything. You were going to be there in person. Um, I was. I was supposed to be there. But unfortunately, you know, the Rona is no joke. And she got me good. And I had to quarantine beyond 10 days. So, um, you know, I had some, some major FOMO. But I, you know... I have to admit that the FOMO dropped just a little after seeing some of these Hasbro reveals. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I knew they were doing a panel. I didn't know how much they would reveal because uh, right before Comic-Con, they then announced, oh, we're having our Hasbro PulseCon again, September 30th and October 1st. So I'm like, are they really going to roll a bunch of stuff out like they sort of preempted their themselves by saying oh well we're going to have our own con so I wasn't anticipating anything really groundbreaking here and they met that expectation for me yeah I mean I kind of thought the same thing I kind of figured like why would they do um super big reveals when they're they're going to do their own event in just like six eight weeks I, I can't I can't math whatever, right now whatever COVID, COVID brain yes. um but but I was I guess I was kind of hoping because this was like a big return to San Diego that that maybe there would be a, at least one big wow uh, reveal and I, for me personally you know primarily as an an X Men collector there just there just wasn't that so it's a little a little disappointing but I'm sure you know Venom stands and and MCU stands probably got a little bit more out of it than 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 I did. Yeah, and the, again, they sort of preempted something they could have shown because they posted a video of them unboxing Galactus this week too, where why wouldn't you save that for the con and then post it afterwards? Um, get the buzz going and be like, oh, Galactus, it's so great. Yeah, I'm not going to hate on that too much because that video uh, brought me a little bit of, of joy on on a day that I was like, peak COVID nonsense. Oh, yeah. So so I'm gonna, I, I appreciate that the Hasbro boys for for giving that to me uh, I, when I when I really needed it. So no hate on that. And he looks just oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I backed Galactus because I'm a big Fantastic Four fan. Um, you can see them behind me. So anyone listening, you can't, but I have a cabinet behind me and like one whole row is Fantastic Four, like three iterations of the team and villains. Um, there's also a row of Doctor Doom because, of course, because um, of course. Well, but, but Daryl, where I, I, where's Galactus going to go? I don't think he's going to. I don't think his head would fit in that cabinet. No, I have no clue. The Sentinel is still like standing next to a shelf, like a bookshelf, Same. because it's so hard to place these giant figures. I love them. I will keep buying them. Yeah, I have same. no clue where to actually put them in the scheme of things because I'm not like a big diorama person. Like I don't have setups. I just have them sort of lined up on shelves. I'm a very vanilla poser. I I do, I take after, my inspiration is kind of like the old school 90s trading cards where everybody, the teams are just standing in a row with their teammates. I'm very much that. Same here. Um, So Galactus will go somewhere. He will be well-loved. I was excited- more than one. No, I only ordered one. I actually, I did order multiple Sentinels so I could flip them. And that worked out very well. Um, I have a second Sentinel sitting in storage right now that I keep threatening that I'm going to put out. But like like you said, my my Sentinel, also I'm looking at him right now. uh, He's literally just standing next to the cabinet where all of my X-Men are. Yeah. Uh, No real plans to change that because I'm scared he's going to fall if I put him on a shelf. Yep. Same. And he would take out literally everyone if he fell. 
Yeah, he would. Um, he can bruise too. Like if he unexpectedly falls on you while he's standing on the floor and falls on your foot. Have you had a sentinel related injury? I have. Um, oh, there, no. there should be a class action lawsuit. I need to do that <laughs> fix. Isn't there like a knee or an mm-hmm. ankle? Yeah. I yeah, the still... uh, Robo from, from the Foosh uh, posted like oh. how to perform surgery on your Sentinel's knees. And that was like the first thing I did once I got them out of the box because mine was just flopping all around. But they look like they've really taken that. They didn't mention the knee issue by name in that Galactus video, but they did say that they heard some feedback and they took it to heart. So it looks like he's got some pretty tight joints. So hopefully Good. no bruising from Galactus. Yeah. The figures I'm excited about are related to Galactus that they announced today. Oh, yes. Um, And I think it's going up for pre-order tomorrow. Yep. Saturday, 5 p.m., I believe is what they said. Yeah. So Not that I was paying that much attention. (laughs) Um, But I'm with you. The other reveals are just... I mean, I'm, there are obviously fans out there who will buy them. Oh, I'm course. really glad we didn't get another Wolverine reveal or another right. Iron Man reveal. Um, right. But yeah, the, and they're going with some funky picks for what they were revealing to, where it's very niche. Like, it, there's I'm, specific audiences. I'm wondering, like... If anybody, and again, MCU stands, I, of course I'm an MCU stand, but I can't afford to buy more than the X-Men figures at, at, at this point. But I wonder if anyone was really clamoring that hard for a Richard E. Grant Loki figure. I, I don't know. It looks great. And, and for me, it's like the Spice Girls manager cosplaying Loki. That's, that's, a, that's a, cool, uh, a cool figure for, for me, who's a big Spice World nerd. That I watched that in my COVID cave yeah. uh, the other day. That brought me a little bit of joy. But I just, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't really, for you know, all the figures that people are asking for, I thought that that was kind of a, a random one. Yeah, and I actually put away most of my MCU figures because I don't have room for them. Like, I don't know why I bought the entire What If wave. I know. I bought the entire Eternals wave. So did I. Yeah, the Eternals are now, like, they're going to go into storage for a while. I kept out my Thor figures because I think that's my favorite MCU property but I didn't even go for the entire Thor wave this time because I'm like, I don't need another Korg. I don't need Cull. Like, yeah, I literally, I purchased Ravager Thor because I mean, that was yes. a, a sexy look. Uh, yes. even, even on an action figure, King Valkyrie, and then of course, Natalie Portman. And I actually returned them all, oh. which is very rare for me to do, but I, I got them. I looked at them. I said, these are great. And then I remembered all the Shang-Chi, Eternals, Falcon and Winter Soldier action figures that are currently sitting in a bin in my closet, have never they were put in that bin basically the day that I bought them. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to make like good adult decisions today. So I, I did return them, but that's not to say, you know, when they show up at Target for half off in a few weeks that I won't, I won't go dip my toe back in that pool. Exactly. Yeah. I'm being very picky, especially since they raised the price point. And um, I did get all of the bone breaker wave, except for Wolverine, because you don't need him. Don't need him. Thank you for not putting a Build-A-Figure part in with Hot Claws Wolverine Hasbro. I'm really shocked that they didn't. Like, I mean, the thing is, is I guess he's the one that has the most mass appeal to like people who aren't us. So he's going to, I guess he'll sell regardless. But like, to me, he's like by far the least wanted figure in the entire wave. So I'm like, like you said, thank you for, for making me not have to buy him. I yeah. will gladly skip over Hot Claws Wolverine. I just unboxed all of those yesterday and put them up. And I think, I mean, if we're having a discussion about like X figure of the year so far or half year, Mega is so well done. Such a well done figure. Incredible. It's so incredible. I do. There's one slight, slight thing that I would change about it. I wish he had uh, his goggles or at least like removable goggles because his eyes are a little creepy and I never Mm -hmm. really paid attention to that before, but like in 3D form, he has kind of creepy eyes. Uh, I wouldn't mind covering those up with with his goggles, which I don't know that he wears them all the time, but he wears them often enough that it would have been a nice pack in, but 
you're right. He's a, he's a gorgeous figure and Eni and Meanie are so well executed and like pose, even though they're like static posed, you can still like do a lot with them. You can. And they invested probably most of the money for this wave into tooling maggot. For sure. Um, just the detailing is incredible. And then they really cut back on like Vulcan. A Vulcan is such a plain figure, but good. But he's a brand new body. He's yes. their brand. He's their brand new pinless like Bucky cap. With their, we're gonna get like five hundred figures on, on on that body. So I hardly think that they even like developed it for Vulcan. He just happened to be the first one out of the gate. Yep. Uh, they also didn't skimp on uh, Bonebreaker like that. If we're talking bath of the year or maybe even like bath of the last like two or three years, that guy is insane. It was so much fun putting him together and having all the components come together. And you're like, wow, that this feels like a great build a figure. It's not just sticking the arms and legs onto a torso. Yeah, and it was such like a process, like actually putting him together because of the way that they're like releasing these now. I got like Havoc like two months ago from GameStop and Siren like six weeks ago from Amazon and Darwin like two weeks ago from, you know, some other big bad toy store. They came from all over the place. They came at all different times. So it was like a real slow process, but putting him together, like that just made it even more satisfying, you know, like the long wait and then for him to just be so awesome i it, they, they just nailed it I, you can't go wrong with a cyborg dude that's half tank yeah, exactly it, wearing a harness no less yes um and he just like the video game he has his gun just to shoot it up in the air while he's yep. driving around that's laughing what, maniacally yes i do have to wonder since his head comes with maggot I, I I just wonder how many people out there have thought that that is like an alternate head from Maggot. And I wonder if it even fits because they do, they are kind of visually similar. They both have the little poof of white hair and the, well, I guess Maggot doesn't have his sunglasses, but I don't know. I could see, you know, I don't want to say casuals, but I could see people who don't, aren't familiar with either character because mm-hmm. they are both kind of obscure thinking that that's like an alternate head. Yeah. If I were a kid, and I mean, I didn't read X-Men growing up, but I loved the weird looking action figures. Like if you brought me to the store and you're like, all right, you get one action figure, I probably would pick Maggot as a kid. And I would be in that boat like, oh, cool. It's a swappable head. And like, yeah. But I mean, it kind of works. They resemble each other a little bit. It's just a a powered, powered down Maggot head, maybe. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we are going to discuss X-Factor issue 17. And you know that I love these pop culture pop-ups. Yes. And right now we are popping up in May of 2007. So where was I in May 2007? I couldn't even tell you at this point. There, And I did look up a few random things. So first of all, we have to cover the song that is on the charts. It's actually number one on the charts at the end of May 2007. It's Buy You a Drink by T-Pain featuring Young Jock. Okay, now I know exactly where I was at the end of May 2007. I was in the club dancing to that song, like 22 years old, getting my life. What happened to T-Pain? Where he at? Did we, did we like chase him out of the industry? Somehow, I think he probably made good. Like he made tons of cash. He was everywhere for a few years. He was on a boat and then... <laughs> And then he's not around anymore. And I don't think, I don't remember any major scandal or anything. It's just like, oh, T-Pain's not really releasing anything anymore. I mean, if you can make enough money releasing like mediocre rap songs to get people dancing in the club 15 years ago and then never have to, to work again, more power to you. I wish that was my career right, right? now. Right? Where's yeah. that career trajectory for, for us I, it's probably like creating some fake Dazzler songs and dropping an album. Right? Oh my yeah. God. A T- Can you imagine a T-Pain produced like Dazzler album? Like oh. that would just, the auto-tune. She doesn't need it. She's so talented. She is. Allison doesn't need your tricks. Hell no. Um, so the Saturn Awards happened in May of 2007. So that sci-fi, yeah. fantasy stuff. I want to highlight a few things. So the best fantasy film, which is where they categorize sort of uh, the superhero movies at this time, 
the winner was Superman Returns. Oh, okay. I guess, like, I'm trying to think what else was even around at that point so far as superhero movies. I guess, like, X-Men The Last Stand was probably around that point. X-Men The Last Stand is actually nominated in Best Sci-Fi Film and didn't win. How is Superman, you said fantasy? Fantasy. And then X-Men is sci-fi. So Superman Returns beat out Aragon. I don't have a clue what that is. I think it's a dragon. I'm like, is that a Lord of the Rings prequel? Uh, Unfortunately not. Um, Although they did release a really cool trailer for the series coming out on Amazon. I did see that. And uh, is it Sauron is the guy who creates the ring, right? I'm sorry, I'm not super up. Yes, it's, it's Sauron just like our favorite pterodactyl man right who 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 we owe his origin to havoc uh almost stumped day spring with that trivia question so sad that i i didn't on our last on our on our havoc review marvel legends review recently mm. um i did watch the the trailer for the amazon lord of the rings i'm i'll admit i'm not the biggest fantasy fan but like Mr. Scott Free said it best, I think, on Instagram that it's hard to believe that 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 blonde twink is responsible for the ring of power and like a hundred years of terror in Middle Earth. It's a little hard to believe. Yes. Like he I saw the same thing from Scott Free and I was like, this hits the nail on the head, like this angry ass twink just like wants some jewelry and makes it himself eventually because no one's given him a ring. He, no one liked it enough to put a ring on it. No. Is that 2007? Am I in the right? Am I in the ballpark there? <laughs> I think you're in the ballpark. We'll ballpark it. We'll um, ballpark. So also um, being beaten by Superman Returns, Charlotte's Web. Oh, I forgot that they even adapted that. I think that was what, Dakota Fanning was? I think was, so. My God, it must not. You'd think for such a beloved like children's book, it would, they would have had a more memorable live action movie. Yeah um pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest i think that was the third one in that first trilogy i saw the first two and decided that the first one was all i need and and now now even that's been ruined for me (laughs) yeah yeah um and stranger than fiction was also in that category over my head there i don't know yeah i have no clue what the fuck that movie was Um, as forgettable as fiction i guess yes all right, so let's see what else we have as winners. Oh, um, in the acting categories, best actress, Natalie Portman, speaking of Mighty Thor, V for Vendetta. Okay, I'll give, I was like, what was she in at that point? I was like, that's way after uh, Star Wars. But yeah, I'll, I'll give her that. That was, it's, yeah. you know, I'm not the biggest Alan Moore fan in the universe, but I'll give that she acted her, her face off in that one. And she beat Judy Dench in this category. Ooh, what was Judy nominated for? Notes on a Scandal. Okay, I haven't seen that probably since 2007, but if I remember correctly, I enjoyed it well enough. I saw it in the theaters, actually. I was intrigued enough to see it in the theaters. Um, But yeah, same. I saw that once and not since. Yeah, you were good. (laughs) I know. Um, The Best Supporting Actress, we have our god queen, Thamka. For X-Men? For X3. Wow, it won an award. Good it, for it. I, <laughs> I, it's not a hill I will die on by any means, but I don't think The Last Stand is quite as terrible as most people think it is. And certainly her being like a totally vindictive like almost hissing Phoenix when she's angry uh, was was a highlight. And I think that the thing that I would say was the most wrong with it was there wasn't enough of her. Yeah. So you would think that she would have been nominated for lead actress, but I guess it really, it sums up the problem I have with the film that she won supporting. Yes. It's proving your point. Right, right. And um, that's all I wanted to cover from the Saturn Awards. Otherwise, it's uh, like Superman Returns got a lot of awards. Which is so weird. Best director, best screenplay, best score. We don't need it. 
I mean, I couldn't tell you anything about the score. Remember that the screenplay was boring as shit and the less said about the director, the better. True. Um, and then the best network TV series was Heroes. Oh, Heroes. come on. Not oh. Lost? Lost, Lost to Heroes. God damn it. So I... did Veronica Mars. Those two shows are far, like, I might get myself in trouble. I don't know if there's a Heroes Hive out there at this point, uh, you know, all these years later, but I was never really, I was like, this is a poor man's X-Men. So I, 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 I always kind of was a little bit of a hater. Uh, so yeah, I'm a little sad that Lost and Veronica Mars lost. Yeah. And the best cable television series was Battlestar Galactica. Well, Dayspring would love that. So, I, you know. so does Philip. Uh, Are you a Battlestar person? I have started season three, and I think I said this like 15 episodes ago. I am still at the start of season three. <laughs> I have not progressed. Like the first two were really good, and then they jumped ahead like a year. And I, I'm going to get back to it probably in winter when it's less busy. Yeah, my, my husband, Kenny, he was... He's not, you know, as in, he doesn't get as involved in fandoms and shows and movies and whatnot as, as you and I do. So he, but he, he casually enjoyed it. So he, you know, he made me watch it. Well, he didn't make me, he asked me if I would watch it. And I, I didn't like it at all. Like not even the first two seasons. Mm. And I think it really, for me, boils down to the fact that there's not a single likable character on that entire show like I don't like anybody and I have to you have to you have to be able to root for someone right yes yeah I, just, I have uh, I have that problem with other shows where it's like I don't like anyone um you're all dicks it, yeah or I watched like the first three seasons of Mad Men and stopped because I'm like nothing happy ever happens to these people at all like there's nothing fun in this TV world. So I stopped watching. That was kind of me with Breaking Bad. Um, mm. Everybody was like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then I like watched it and I'm like, I'm not rooting for this motherfucker. He's a terrible person. Yeah. Like, no, this is not, this is not good. This is, this is just like drama for drama's sake. Yeah. I'm probably pissing off a lot of fandoms right I now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the millions of people listening to this podcast, like, I'm going to get letters. Letters. That Flinkman, he deserved the the Rona. (laughs) And we're going to round this out with some celebrity gossip. So Paris Hilton violated her parole and was sentenced to 45 days in jail. I can see the image of her crying in the backseat of the cop car in my brain right now. Yeah. And because she was driving and her license had been revoked because she, the reason why she is convicted in the first place was drinking and driving. So she, her license was suspended and she was just out driving. And now I'm picturing that meme where it's her running out of the mansion in her dress to her car and zooming off because that was probably what it was like right before she got pulled over. Most likely. I just... at, at the time, you know, I've come around on Paris. I think she has she has redeemed herself a little bit. Obviously, she was such a big part of the zeitgeist at the time. So yeah. full full props to her. But I was firmly team Nicole Richie in that split. So Paris getting hauled off to jail was God, it's terrible to say it, but I was I was pretty amused by it. <laughs> I, I, I I'm sorry, Paris. If I could go back in time and be a better person, I I would not root for you to go to jail. <laughs> Um, going to rehab for a second time is Lindsay Lohan. This Two is out of 20. This is a low point for her. Um, and I feel she's still clawing her way back up with some fitness commercials. But um, Lindsay she, Lohan for Jean Grey in the MCU. Ooh. I don't know how that would go. Ooh, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel she's had a lot of plastic surgery. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work out so great, would it? No. no. But I, I was a stan. I stand Lindsay at the time. Me and my, my best friend, Mary, were like all about Lindsay, especially like, especially when everyone started giving up on her, like when she became like super skinny and blonde and everyone was like, oh, she lost her boobs and her trademark red hair. We were like, yes, girl, rock that slutty blonde hair. Yeah. Feel yourself, Lindsay. 
she was feeling herself. She was, she was definitely feeling herself at that point. No, no fucks though. At a certain, at a certain point, you know, you, you got to stop standing someone who clearly has a blatant disregard for any sort of laws and or authority. <laughs> and uh, speaking of someone who may be feeling something or not, depending on what her medications have numbed, in an attempt to avoid stepping on her chihuahua, Daisy, Paula Abdul took a nasty fall and broke her nose and a toe. Oh, poor Paula. That was, I mean, was that, was she was still doing, yeah, she was still doing Idol at that yeah. point. So that might've been the beginning of the slurring Paula era on, on Idol. Yes, which I mean, great comedy came out of that. Um, Kathy we were Griffin. such bad people in 2007. We were like Kathy Griffin had wonderful sets about Paula Abdul. But yes, we were very terrible people. Very As terrible. if we've come so far. But at oh. least, at least I feel like we are not like rooting for people to be drug addicts and going to jail at this point. I think we've at least progressed past that. Yeah, I think our turning point was probably Amy Winehouse. And we're like, oh you know, maybe we shouldn't have made fun of that poor woman and her weave and actually, like, had sympathy and empathy and rooted for her to get better rather than wanting to yeah. watch the next train wreck in her life. Right. And I, I, I was definitely, I, at that, I mean, I'm a huge Britney Spears stan. Always have been, always will be. We'll fight a bitch till the day I die about over Britney Spears. I will not accept any slander. Um, and 2007 was like her super rough, dark period. And that was kind of the turning point for me is when it was finally like a celebrity that I had felt like I had grown up with and like was really invested in their career. And like, you know, she had children at that point that yeah. she was losing custody of like that for me, like definitely Amy dying. But for me, you know, 2007 Britney was when I was like, oh shit, this has gotten a little bit, a little bit out of hand. Yeah. There was one news item related to Britney. She did some small shows after her stint in rehab. So House she... of Blues shows. Yes. I, they had just opened a House of Blues here in Dallas at that point. And I was like camping out on the House of Blues website to see if they were going to announce a, a show here. And unfortunately they, they never did, but no. what I wouldn't have given to see Britney twirling on stage with a boombox track behind her yes what a time what a time to be alive my god 2007 right. let's dive into this issue i mean it. it's 2007 we are coming off of a very religious issue um mad rocks took us to church and left his dupe there to live out his life with the yeah. the child he has and um we're finally getting to catch up with some other members of X Factor in this issue, yeah. which is exciting because they've been doing their own thing while we focused on just a few. So we're opening on these characters we've never met before. All we know is that there's this um, older white man who's an asshole and he works for the government in a Republican administration. So, uh, I mean, the more things change, the more things stay the same. I totally didn't even like put it together that the stuffed animal that attacks him is, which I'm probably getting a little ahead. You haven't, no, you haven't no, gotten no. to it yet. But like, it was totally a toy elephant trying to kill him too. Yeah. The Death GOP. by his own party mascot. Yeah. So it's Christmas time. This child is opening presents under the tree. This dude is talking to his daughter, the child's mother. And he's like, where's your no good husband? And she's like, he's wrapping presents. And he's like, I'm so rich. I have people wrap presents for me or some bullshit like that. And she unwraps this elephant and he's like, I don't remember buying that for her. And he's like, honey, let me see that. And then this elephant extends its trunk to choke him to death. And the no good husband comes down with a gun and shoots this strangling elephant off of him. It sounds like the most Republican Christmas morning of all time. It really does. I mean, the husband does run down shirtless, but also in breast slacks? I don't know. It, again, very Republican. I can see Jared Kushner wearing some dress slacks to bed. I, it's just, 
you know, I, I for for something that opens with with an, a toy elephant trying to like murder a cabinet member for some reason it's still not quite as exciting as I, I as I want it to be yeah I was more focused on what an asshole he was right he's like you said that he was talking to his daughter I kind of felt like he was talking down to his daughter mm. like basically just like letting her know how important he is and how trash her husband is which I guess, you know, there's that a, a common trope of, of of the dad thinking that the husband isn't good enough for his baby girl. But like the man comes down and like completely saves your life with no questions asked while yelling cripes. I mean, yeah. how much better does it get? Yeah. And uh, we see that there's a card inside of the stuffing that said, we want our powers back, signed the XL. And that's an X dash cell, not Excel as in the Microsoft program that makes my life a living hell. Or not like Excel Energy, which is an energy company here in Minnesota. Totally different. Totally uh, different. Anything X-Men related, of course, is going to have that X dash. Yes. It, Every chance they get. Branding. The mutants knew how to brand themselves. They sure did. We go to Detroit and it is Jamie trying to collect a dupe. And this dupe is in rough shape. Rough. Real rough. Yeah, it's the one he sent off to be a detective and to gain skills, which, why wouldn't he have reabsorbed him before he started a detective agency? That's what I was going to say. Like, if you sent somebody out to learn how to be a detective, wouldn't those, wouldn't that be, like, the first dupe you go after before you hang your X-Factor investigation sign? Yes. Not, you know, it, I guess it's, I guess it's, like, not out of the question for Madrox to to behave in that way. He's not for, always the best, most logical decision maker as the prior 17 issues of this series has shown us. Yes. And I'm surprised this dupe is just chugging out of a bottle. It's not even in a paper bag. He is just openly no consuming alcohol on someone's stoop. Yeah, he gives absolutely no shits. But I, I will say he had the insight to see the rise of Uber coming. Mm. I yeah. mean, I, I, I assume that that actually is something that means something not the, the rideshare and food delivery app, but I just found it amusing to read, you know, something about what, what does it say? What does it say? Well, now I can't find it. Well, but... it's somewhere in here. Um, there's a, it's very text heavy. There's a lot of dialogue between a the lot. two of them. And the gist of it is the dupe is like, man, I've seen some shit. And Maddox is like, well, I need to know what you've seen. And he's like, I know where you come from. So leading up to this, we knew that um, at the end of the Singularity story arc, that Maddox isn't entirely a mutant like everyone else. And this dupe has figured it out. And he's like, I could show you, but it would just ruin you like it ruined me. So like, yeah, you're right. There, there is like lots of exposition here and specifically about Madrox's like wonky powers. But I, I have to be honest with you. I kind of thought that no matter what, whenever a dupe died, Madrox Prime got, got their knowledge. And I, I've obviously read this series, um, this whole series a, a few times. Um, it's, been a, it's been a while. But is, has it been established to this point that uh, if, if a dupe from before his powers went wonky, died, that he didn't get their powers? Or is this no. new information in this series here? This is new information. Um, we had previously gotten the information like if a dupe was dying, he could still absorb him, but he would feel that as well. He There was a reaction. Um, but I I was on the same page as you. And I thought that even if this dupe died, he could suck him back in real quick and get that information. Yeah, I would have thought so uh, as well. But yeah, you know, Pad was, you know, Peter David, for those yep. who don't know him as Pad, uh, he was constantly evolving Madrox throughout the course of this series. So, you know, I guess I'm not too surprised that there's just some casual brand new information dropped here. He loved to yep. do that. Yep, because he, he'll come back to it in like 40 issues. He knows when yeah. he's gonna come back to it. 
Yeah, no, no, no worries. You know, he'll he'll touch on this and X factor number 200, which is also, you know, number 51, not to confuse yeah. the shit out of anybody. Yeah. So, yes, that's very hard to explain. Like, nope, the numbering joined back up for reasons um, because they wanted it to be more of a legacy numbering, which just. How do you explain that to Philip? <laughs> I we haven't gotten to that issue yet, so I haven't. <laughs> that's that's for like a long ways down. We've yes. got you've got 33 issues before you have to worry about that. Yeah, like here you go. No, it doesn't make much sense. It was more Marvel doing Marvel things. Marvel, so, Marvel gonna Marvel. Yeah. And this dupe, he's fixed on this dirty cop he's been watching, and he's like, There's no way that I can take him down. Like he has insulated himself within his police force there's no way we can catch him so the dupe's answer is just to shoot the fucking guy in the head um and effective yes and that way he is basically committing suicide by cop at the same time he is solving two problems at once which jamie prime doesn't realize until it happens and he's like i can't rush forward while he's like bleeding out because then they're going to look and see me and think I did it. So this dupe got one over on me. That's a, a wise dupe, a way to, to, to trick Jamie into not absorbing him. But I mean, I don't know. If I, if I were Madrox Prime, I wouldn't probably mind getting a little day drunk to get all that information. Cause I mean, he says the reason that he doesn't absorb him is because he would obviously absorb the you know the alcohol uh, yes. as, as well um i don't know I, I don't think that would have dissuaded me personally especially with you know the big freaking carrot this guy dangled in front of his his face about i know your secrets like, it would be like a, yes instant reabsorption like come on dude let's go yeah, yeah yeah and if it was really that bad he might be so drunk he would forget it the next morning anyway true um so his grief is interrupted by a, a call. It's Layla Miller. Oh, Layla, hey, Layla. Miller. And um, she needs him to come back. She, I, I, I love her dialogue here where, you know, he's like, don't you know what's happening? Like, why do you need me to tell you? And her response is, you know, I'm not you know, omniscient or, yeah. well, hold on. Yeah, she, she don't says know everything. If I, I don't know everything. If I did, I'd be all high on Layla Miller. I know everything, which I think is a pretty, you know, and again, it's been a while since I've read these, but again, I think it's a, a good distinction being made about how her powers work. Like she doesn't know everything. She just knows stuff and yes. she keeps it vague on purpose. And there's a plane ticket waiting for him. So she just says, you're needed back here. Get to the D Detroit Metro Airport. And we cut to finally seeing some Rain and Richter stuff going on. How long have they been gone at this point? I think they've been out for three issues. So the last time we would have seen them was all of the Pietro, Terrigen Crystal mumbo jumbo? Correct. Okay. Okay. You uh, got to catch me up a little bit too. I didn't do my, my, my total homework. For oh, this. it's total. That's totally fine. So, um, we have rain just walking away. I think this was right after Val Cooper had shown up at the end of that issue. And she's like, Hey, you didn't register that sort of thing. If I'm recalling correctly. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting to see so we've already had seeds planted that obviously Richter is gay, but there are still red herrings, I feel, that Peter David is throwing out there to throw people off of the scent. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like the the really shitty comment that Richter makes to rain here is definitely the bitchy closeted gay jumping out. True, because... He's like, why are you upset? Are you, you're probably just upset because Madrox didn't think you were good to, enough to sleep with. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 she has had a thing for Madrox for a while, has she not? 
not in this series yet that's been very overt okay okay i've got to get my my but i think but they i feel they had some history in the first run of x factor they did they were they were very close i remember uh in the issues where we thought early in pad's run on x factor where we thought madrox had been gunned down much like he was just a couple pages earlier Mm -hmm. here um she was the one that was like the most upset i think don't quote me i won't um but it's on record now it's on a podcast it's fine it's fine you can quote the the podcast can quote me okay so uh, this they are about to fight and they hear someone is in trouble and it's a young guy being shoved onto the ground. One guy is about to punch him. Another one has a gun drawn on him. And Rain is already very emotional by the confrontation with Richter. She goes immediately into wolf form and does her thing. And Richter is using just his physical skills because he's still depowered. Um, so he's just like breaking arms. Um, and then both of these dudes eventually just get tossed onto the ground and then the reveal oh he's got an fbi badge don't he yeah we got two fbi agents and the person who's being attacked is gone whoopsie i just i kind of love that the mo of this team is claw the shit out of someone first ask questions later like that's just totally totally responsible way uh, of superheroing there yes like this team is a mess they are just a little such a mess um and even in the intro page where they're introducing you know what's happened like it even says that siren and monet took this orphaned french girl and flew off with her like what where do you think that's okay that Uh, monet does what she wants all right she does it's she is getting the french back for destroying that faberge egg yes get them monet get them um so as soon as they figure out oh these were fbi agents they are surrounded um and the fbi has levitation powers apparently that is the Um, quickest federal law enforcement response i think i have ever seen in my life yeah if only they could mobilize for attacks on civilians and not just their own people right if only they could mobilize you know to stop riots at our our nation's capital Mm, i don't know i mean they lost all of those text messages. And then where were the hover suits? Come on now. Yeah, where I am mystified why they inserted the FBI having hover suits into this. It's like, but we know this is happy, happening contemporaneously. Like, this is supposed to be happening in 2007, and we know these don't exist. So why? It's a very odd thing for them to just toss in there. But it's a pretty cool panel, and it it's got some 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 good perspective. I'll I'll give it that. Yeah. And as soon as they're like, "Oh shit," we go back to X Factor headquarters, and we have Guido still working over his feelings. Like he's still not over the the brainwashing and the murder he committed. So he's eating some ice cream. And what is the name of that ice cream flank? Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity, which is giving me all the 90s IHOP vibes for yes. sure. I shout out to Cliff from, I, from IHOP. And like I can't hear the phrase Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity without that, that gentle Midwesterner uh, in the IHOP commercial saying it. That's exactly where my mind goes, which is a very specific reference that yep. I assume 90% of your listeners are not going to understand. It's, it's still wonderful. And I'm sure you can find that commercial. I uh, There was a local radio commercial that used a drop from Matchbox, Matchbox 20's 3AM. And every time I hear the song, I think of that commercial. And I looked it up. I found that commercial from like 1999 uh, existing on YouTube. So I'm sure you can find that reference. I am going to look it up. I have not seen or thought of that commercial in 25 years, probably. You need to find it and watch it again. Um, The ice cream. So if this were not a very nice and socially aware comic, I am sure Guido would be like, Oh, I love Rudy Tootie, Fresh and Fruity, No Homo. Like, this is that era where it would have been tossed in there. 
Totally. Um, and it would have been appropriate for Guido to say something like that. Yes. Um, and he's like, can you just call it something else? And she's like, fine. It's called smelly armpits. Um, so very appetizing, Layla. Yeah. Is that better for you, Guido? You're really okay. You'd rather eat smelly armpits than Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity? Come yeah. on now. I am. I, we've not talked about this on the podcast before. I'm bringing it up now. Guido's eyewear. Like he has, a, they're not monocles, they're duocles that he mm-hmm. has. Which I have be- not noticed. You're right. Yeah. I always kind of thought there was a little connector piece over his nose, but there and sure isn't. I this think is there is in the 90s. Like I'm thinking about the action figure. I can't see it right now, but I'm like looking, I, trying. I feel hard. he has a, a bridge to his glasses on that yeah. action figure. Maybe this is, is it, so it is like this throughout this whole series. This isn't just, cause this is a, is this a guest artist? I believe this is not our usual artist at this point. I, yes, I think this is fill-in. So it's, um, Hoi Tham is the artist on this issue. I'll have to check other issues, but it stood out to me in this issue that he just straight up has lenses like he's Colonel Clink in <laughs> Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> Speaking of a reference that I, I, I don't think many besides us are, are going to get. Look it up, but only look it up for Richard Dawson, everyone, and then watch him in Match Game and Family Feud, but not where he's kissing everyone. Oh my God. That's what a problematic. Perv. Um, so uh, Layla reveals a whole freezer, this ice cream and federal agents bust in in more hover suits to uh, arrest Guido and Layla Miller, who does offer some smelly armpits to the agents. I, I have to say, uh, number one, I, I don't remember if, if, if I'm right or not, but there's obviously has to be a reason that Layla bought all of that ice cream. There's obviously a reason that there's a freezer full of Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity um maybe maybe you and philip will uncover that next issue yeah um and i do have to say i usually am a a fan of pad's cheesy dialogue but for some reason for some reason would you like to try my smelly armpits kind of just made me roll my eyes yeah it's a little much it's a little it's a little much yes i agree and those are the only two pages that we get with guido and Layla, and that's it. Brief check-in. Yeah, and something we've talked about on the podcast before, it's so nice that Peter David is really good at advancing people by having just touch points. It doesn't need to be a whole lot. It's just, let's move the ticker on them just a little bit each issue. um, So you know what they're doing. And sometimes it's even in his intro where he's like, oh, well, these characters won't be in this issue and that's fine because they're not really up to much. Like Guido is watching TV. Um, right. And like the mention of Monet, Monet and Siren don't don't show up at, at all in this, despite being on the cover, which I do want to acknowledge is a pretty badass cover. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was still nice for me as someone who hadn't read the previous couple of issues to know where they were at in, in their story, in their journey, even though that they're, they don't show up here. It's yeah. nice. It's It's very... It's very Claremont of him. It is. And he really pays attention to character development in that way, in a big way that I appreciate and that I know Philip appreciates as well. It's just, it's good storytelling, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thoroughly appreciate it. Like we get all of like, it's a little wild to me that, you know, we have a, a like in the Krakoan era, we have the Krakoan X-Men team that is a core group of I don't know seven or eight mutants and yet we are moving on to another team after the new Hellfire Gala and we didn't we barely got anything with Rogue we barely got anything with Sunfire we barely got anything with Sync like it's it's they just they don't make them I'm sounding like an old man but they don't make them like they used to they didn't pay off um Wolverine and Sync like I thought they would they had a whole year to pay off that vault stuff and they never did and maybe it's coming but that would have been Wolverine's off the team exactly it would have been a prime opportunity for them to really underscore like shit happened hey you don't remember what happened this is what happened let's get on the same page again and it is really weird some of the 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 Hickman plot points that they dropped as soon as he was gone like I for one like 
what happened to the giant children of the vault story we were supposed to get? Like, yep. they, I love, like, I will, a hill I will die on is Mike Carey's adjectiveless X-Men era is one of the greatest in X-Men history. And a lot of that has to do with him creating new and interesting villains, children of the vault, um, which is rare for people to succeed in creating a new team of villains and yeah. to have them teased in this whole post-humanity era of of Krakoa and then like have it go nowhere was a huge bummer for me yeah I don't know if you saw it a couple weeks ago I think or a few weeks I went to a random uh comic show so it was just like a couple sellers got together and rented out like this dance studio for a couple yeah. days and they just had long boxes filled with shit Love and that and I just hit up the dollar ones I actually went to one when I was in Dallas a few years ago like there's a random toy and comic swap and I went there on vacation so it's that vibe where it's like a rented out ballroom or something and it's I just I love that and I went to the dollar bins and there were a bunch of copies of Marvel Comics Presents and I had a couple but they had a, a solid run of issues and then I filled in others and I was reflecting afterwards like this is so nice and it's not Marvel Comics Presents for almost the entirety of its run on the cover you had x-men so yeah. it is a solo or a team story told in um just multiple parts over multiple issues and yeah. it's uh, it was so cool because you got stories you normally wouldn't um the one i started reading right away is excalibur being attacked by like off-brand looney tunes and it's just wonky shit like that and the way they would get you to read it's four different stories per issue and maybe you pick it up and you have part two of one of the stories and you have part seven so they kept you reading it's very smart marketing but where is that now and it, uh, where is it marvel unlimited as well because i looked it up they have issues where they only have one of the four stories of course they do because marvel unlimited for anything that is off the beaten path it's terrible um I will say they have recently, I believe they have finally com I completed or gotten very close to completing the Dazzler solo series. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my foot off their neck a little bit. They're finally catching up on, on my girl. But yeah, it's, it's really strange the things that they have. Um, similarly to, to uh, you know, Marvel Comics Presents, the X-Men, the original X-Men Unlimited series from the early nineties, they have, they, they have ran these random gaps in it and it just like why why yeah. why are we jumping from four to 13 like i i would love to read five through 12 like let's yeah. let's let's work on on filling in the gaps unlimited before we you know start and, adding new things and the thing so i clicked open a couple of the issues and they were just they had just uploaded the black panther parts so i'm like did they do this because they did it back when black panther was coming out originally and they're like Let's get these stories out there. But it's really befuddling that they would only scan in and spend time on a quarter of an issue. Right. Just, it's very odd. But my it point with all of this is that I think what Krakoa needs is an anthology series like that, where you are weaving together multi-part stories about different mutants and developing them. And you could take the people that are on teams, they can be on teams, like, yeah. What development have we seen for Rogue in the Kirk Nothing. Cohen era? And she's been on multiple casts. Yep. It's wild. And I to to Marvel's credit, the the X-Men Unlimited Digital First series, you know, it has really done some great stuff with some of the more minor characters. Yeah. You know, circling back to Maggot, they just did a really great um arc with, with Maggot, uh, which was nice because when was the last time anybody had an arc focusing on Maggot, if ever? So yeah especially concurrently with getting the action figure, it was like raining maggot there for a second. And I was, I was totally here for yeah. it, but I, I still think it's, they could do a little bit more. It could be yeah. a little bit longer than like a scrolling comic that takes me about a minute and a half to read. Yeah. And um, to get back to X Factor, they had strong guy and multiple man. They had Guido and Madrox like on vacation and getting up to hijinks. So um they're using that, but it, I, like you, I feel it could be so much more. And it could. 
And I feel it, like that, like specifically the first Madrox Guido story in like 10 years, I felt like I, I, I wanted more just as, because this series is such a part of my, you know, fandom DNA at the yeah. X Factor series at, at this point that I, I just wanted more. I'm greedy. What can I say? Yeah. So to close out this issue, we find out why Madrox was needed back. It's because all this shit is going down and he's yeah. watching from the other side of the barbed wire fence and he's taken in by a couple gentlemen. They're like, you got to come with us. And he pops into the back of a limo and it's Val Cooper. Hey, Val. I, I do have to say it was kind of reading, rereading this today. It was kind of ironic to end uh, the issue with, with a Val Cooper appearance, considering she actually uh, popped up in the X-Men 97 uh, art that was shown at Comic-Con today. Yes. Which was exciting. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a Val Cooper stan, but you can't be a fan of Peter David's OG X Factor and not have a, a, a little bit of a thing for, for Val. Yeah. And it, she looks so 90s in that image. That is 90s Val Cooper to a T, like borderline teacher vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, she's like, hey, we have this info on the XL. And uh, we just had the Undersecretary of Defense was almost murdered. Here's a picture. And um, it it's the kid from the alley who's not a kid. It is another person who is of short stature. We had the same thing happen a few issues ago with the Hydra angle, and they thought it was a Girl Scout trying to sell cookies, and it was actually like a 31-year-old woman. And same thing here. It is the, this ringleader of the XL, and we close the issue with a knock at a door. It's this guy opening the door, the ringleader, um his name is elijah cross elijah cross opens that door and it's quicksilver pietro is there and he's like um i'm the one who can help you yeah so actually I, mean, it, I got it wrong elijah knocked on quicksilver's door so he sought him out to be like hey can you help us and quicksilver is like you bet your ass i can yeah, he's in his his god complex era here. Like his super, he always has one, but yes. he's in his super, you know, I I, I can save all of you uh, era here. So it makes perfect sense why he is going to be super welcoming to somebody coming in being like, you may be the only one who can help me. Yeah. All right. So what what are your thoughts on the issue overall? I mean, you jumped into this like midstream. Yeah, what I... I mean, you know, it's always enjoyable to to jump into uh, X Factor investigations at, at, at really any point. Um, I will say that this was a super transitional issue. Mm -hmm. um, it really like things happened, but not a lot of things happened. If you know what I mean, like it yep. was all kind of kind of set up, um, which is fine. Which is fine. We you you need these transitional issues if you really want to flesh out your characters and flesh out your your plot. Um, it definitely I, it may motivate me. I remember that I I know that I really love the stuff with Excel. There's some characters in that lineup. I'm not going to spoil who they are um, that I really that I really enjoy. Um, so I, I I'm motivated to to keep going. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's a strong developmental issue, if not, you know, a great issue overall. Yeah. And we've been talking in the last few episodes about, okay, well, when is the next arc starting? We, we closed out that first year in Singularity and it feels like everything's been set up. And I think we're finally getting to the beginning of that arc where- yeah. Things are going to take off. It will be clear what's happening. Um, and then we, we're in a pretty solid run heading into things. So um, I think the, the next rough patch that I recall from my first read through is Secret Invasion. Oh, well, I mean, anytime Pad hates being shoehorned into crossovers... Yeah. Uh, so it's no big surprise that that would be somewhat lackluster. And certainly the thing that stands out to me about that run is how disappointing uh, 
the Larry Stroman artwork was considering he defined those early nineties pad X factor issues. That was, yep. that. that's, I don't remember so much about the story. I just remember being like, Oh, about yep. the art. Yes, exactly. And, um, I told Philip the art's going to get rough. He doesn't know when it's going to get rough. I'm just waiting for his reaction. And you have not been the only person to approach us as a podcast. I had someone even come to me and say, are you going to cover those issues or can you please skip over them? Like, I, I don't see, I think Pad writes a really great She-Hulk. So I think it's worth it just for that. But like, you really have to suffer through that art to get through it. And it's just such a shame because Larry Stroman is such a talented guy. I really love his stylized stuff in the 90s. I just don't think it translated well to modern comics. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I do have to say something in uh, on this last page of the yeah. issue while Madrox is still uh, chatting with Val in the car sort of circling back to, to 2007 here. Um, he definitely, what Val asks, says, you need to do something for me, Madrox. And his response is, does it involve saving a cheerleader? Which instantly takes you, it instantly dates this comic. You know, it's 2007, you know, it's a hero's reference. Yep. Uh, I, I, on the one hand, I'm a little surprised that Pad inserted such a, a time specific uh, reference, but on the other hand, I'm like really delighted by it because it's something that I don't think, I don't think a Gen Zer is gonna is gonna pick this up and and know what the hell he's talking about there. No. So it's kind of like a nice little Easter egg for us, us you know geriatric millennials, <laughs> so, fans of a certain age, right? Fans yeah. of a certain age. My God, we are we are that, aren't we? We are. Oh, when did that happen? I don't know. It's very upsetting though. It's very upsetting. My 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 good friend Echo, she posted a meme the other day that just like made me die inside a little. It was like four squares and one of them was, uh, it was somebody logging on a computer. It said MySpace. It was like, this is for me, a young hip person. And then it was Facebook. This is for me, a young hip person. And then it was Instagram. This is for me, a young hip person. And then the fourth one was like a decrepit skull with the TikTok logo and, and just like no words whatsoever. And I like felt that in my soul. Yeah. I'm not the young hit person anymore. No, I can't make a TikTok. I, I don't have the patience to make a TikTok. No, I made a reel today and posted Ooh. it on the show page um, because I got in the Kickstarter stuff for Marvel United, the board yeah. game with like all the stretch goals and everything, which I didn't anticipate getting everything, but my wonderful local comic store talked me into it where they're like, well, actually, if you just buy everything, it's cheaper than purchasing like the individual units you want. And I'm like, okay, like- Sold. Sold. At this point, I can just open an expansion like once a month um, or once every other month for the next year and still have new stuff to play, so. I sure. mean, kudos to you for diving into the the mad world of of reels. I hear that that's the only thing Instagram gives a shit about at this point. So hopefully, huh. I wonder if I'll get some traction. That'd be exciting. That's what I was gonna say. Like, hopefully, that brings you in like like a bunch of a, a bunch of new listeners. Like, yeah, and reels it, is where it's at. And the first episode that they would hear that's brand new is with you. So. Uh, I, you know, what yeah. can I say? I, if you, if you get a bump in listenership, it's not the reels, it's me. Oh, it's definitely the flank. Oh All right. God. Well, well thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, we really appreciate it. I'm speaking on behalf of Philip because he couldn't make it. So um, I hope you enjoyed your time here. We're going to have you back because I just looked at the spreadsheet and on the horizon, um, in the not too distant future, you will be back with another special guest to discuss, debate, pick apart Messiah Complex. The best X-Men crossover of all time. I cannot freaking wait to dive into that with you guys. It is, it was, I don't know if you read that uh, as it was being released, but it was by far the most exciting time 
uh, as a live ex-book reader that I have experienced in, you know, my 30 plus years of, oh, that's, that hurts, of, <laughs> of, of reading X-Men comics. It was truly an era. Um, but yes, no, I have loved coming on. I always enjoy talking with you. I always love talking about X Factor and it really means a lot that you invited me to, to, to do this right now. I've had uh, you know, we've alluded to, to having uh, my having a, a pretty rough go over the last, you know, 10 to 14 days. I have been horribly upset about having to miss my trip to San Diego Comic-Con. So sitting down uh, and getting to talk nerdy with you has just been a delight. And I am so very appreciative. Yes. And where can people find you? You can find me as a rotating co-host on the Power of X-Men podcast with my BFF Dayspring. Uh, other than that, I'm just getting up to shenanigans on Instagram like everybody else. Pet pics, comic pics, husband pics, all the action figure pics, all the pics. No reels. No reels. No but, reels. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just getting up to my usual shenanigans. So definitely check me out at Flinkman. Great. And then everyone else, we will see you next time for the X Factor Files podcast. Check us out on Instagram after you check out Flinkman. Mm-hmm.